For parents needing to distract a distracting child, screens are sometimes a necessary evil. There's mounting evidence exposure to screens changes how a child's brain develops. So how young is too young and how realistic are our guidelines in terms of, you know, the way that parents have to get through their days? That's just one of the issues being examined by the Health Report this week. Shelby Trainer is one of the program's co-hosts and she's with us now. Shelby, hello. Thanks for having me. The study you're looking at on today's program looked at direct and indirect exposure to screen time. What did it reveal? Yeah, so this study was out of Singapore. It looked at kids from 12 months and then looked at them again at nine years. And it found a connection between screen time and cognitive issues later. So difficulties with executive function, which is difficulties managing thoughts, emotions and behaviours. Um, and this is just one of the latest studies showing this. Um, there's a lot of concern about what screens are doing to young kids as their brains develop. Um, and that's what we explored in the report. Okay, that's um, <laughs> it's disturbing. Just help parents who might be listening to that and thinking, what is exposure to screens actually mm. changing my kid's brain? Yeah, well, the problem is, is that there's direct and indirect issues with screen time. So the direct studies, they can't show a correlation necessarily or causation necessarily because there's a lot of different factors going into this. If your kid spends more time on a screen, they may be less spending less time outdoors or you might be spending less time with them. There are a lot of different factors at play and it's very different for different types of families. So families in lower socioeconomic situations or families with multiple kids, I'm sure they would understand that it's a lot harder when you have a lot of kids to manage, say, a younger kid's screen screen time. So these studies are preliminary, especially when it comes to iPhones, iPads. There's a lot of studies about TV, but we're still catching up to those types of technologies and the effects on kids. Okay. Let's move to another story. We're, we're not keeping track of the pandemic the way we used to, but some figures are really hard to ignore. Excess deaths uh, above what would be considered typical, and they're up 12%. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so this is research from the Actuaries Institute, and they found that there were nearly 20,000 more deaths than expected last year. And yes, the excess deaths are the difference in the total number of deaths in a crisis compared to those expected under normal circumstances. So these are 20,000 more deaths they believe wouldn't have happened if it weren't for the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, so 20,000 more people die than we'd consider average in Australia. Do we know what proportion of those deaths we can, though, like confidently, you know, because that sounds alarming, um, but, but what are the caveats around it all? Yeah, so just over half of those were directly due to COVID-19, so that's still about 10,000 more deaths than expected. Um, it, COVID was also a contributing factor for about 3,000 more. So there's there's also around 6,000 excess deaths that don't directly have or, or quite indirectly have COVID attributed to it. But one of the spokespeople for the Institute said that COVID-19 probably still did play a part in this, mm. um, not directly because of COVID, but because people are missing the routine care that they would have gotten um, because of lockdowns, because of border closures, and also just not wanting to go into the doctor's office, presumably. Um, so that's also a continuing factor to to keep in mind with COVID. Shelby, thank you. Thank you.
the co-host of The Health Report on RN this week, Shelby Trainer, And, of course, you can listen to The Health Report on RN or anytime on the ABC Listen app. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.